This is the Olive Wellness Podcast, brought to you by the Olive Wellness Institute. Welcome to this episode of the Olive Wellness Podcast. I'm Sarah Gray. When it comes to eating good, healthy food, we often forget how big an impact the environment around us plays. Where you eat and what's happening around you can affect your mood, and that can affect how much or what you put into your mouth. Someone who knows this only too well and who's been studying it for a long time is Emma Sterling. Emma's an advanced, accredited practicing dietitian and sought after media spokesperson on culinary nutrition. And recently, she's taken a role as senior lecturer and course coordinator at Australian Catholic University. Chris Ashmore asks Emma what her major roles have been since she graduated as a dietitian. Oh, oh gosh, that's a tricky question. I've certainly have packed in a lot in my nearly 30-year career and a lot of people know I call myself a slashy. I've worked as a clinical dietitian in the leading children's hospital and then there's a slash and I went to Hong Kong and worked in the media and then there's another slash and I've been a nutrition editor of consumer magazines. I've worked in blogging and had an award-winning blog that profiled a lot of dietitians over seven years. But generally, I would say most of my career, I've worked as a consultant, either with my own businesses or with working with others, and had the most amazing nutrition projects across food and health and hospitality industries. And then about seven years ago, I entered into the world of academia because I really valued giving back to the profession and helping to shape the next generation as well. Well, it seems like you're always looking for something new to do. Yeah, I'm known for being an entrepreneur. Part of that is kind of always looking for opportunity, but always being hungry for the new. So yes, definitely that would describe me. Oh, that's terrific. Well, a new thing that you're doing is you have a new role at ACU. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so I'm Australian Catholic University. I entered academia seven years ago, and recently in June this year, I've moved to a new position as senior lecturer at ACU. And I'm absolutely thrilled because I've been picked for that role to help establish a whole new suite of offerings in what we're calling culinary nutrition science, so in our culinary nutrition. So we kicked off this semester with our first unit and our first students. And to use a culinary term, it's so delicious to write and be able to teach this kind of content. It's been my dream for a long time to put this content together. Yeah, we have really big plans for the courses and the suite, including some postgraduate opportunities for nutritionists and dietitians launching in 2022. What is culinary nutrition exactly? Yeah, look, good question. We don't actually have a clear consensus definition around the world, and people often use the term culinary nutrition or culinary medicine at times. To me, it can be described sort of as the art and the science of healthy cooking and putting that into real practice. So the culinary nutrition field is very well established in the USA. There's quite a community of nutritionists and dietitians that call themselves culinary nutrition professionals. But here in Australia and New Zealand, it's much more an emerging practice area. So to me, it's about taking that great passion for food and cooking making sure you lead with a food first philosophy, talking about food and meals and cooking, not just nutrients, and always making sure that it's delicious. We're obviously enthusiastic about it. Why are you so passionate? Yeah, look, as I said, part of my entrepreneurial skills, and I'm also known for being quite a pay it forward kind of person. I always really believe that if 
one dietitian or one nutritionist succeeds, we all succeed. You know, we're quite a small professional group in Australia. So part of what I've always been a big advocate for is using your time to mentor and help others because if we all do well, it's fantastic for the profession. So with colour and nutrition, I see a huge growth area in employment opportunities for new graduates and just brand new territories that we can use our incredibly expert skills and move into these new areas. Things like delivered meals or very modern workplaces like, you know, Google setting up their own canteens for staff. I mean, that's the role for where a nutritionist can come in and really work as a culinary nutrition professional. And is that what you hope to achieve with the new degree? Absolutely. The degree is existing, but we're launching the major in culinary nutrition. And then, as I said, there'll be postgraduate opportunities as well. So we really are crafting and cooking up a brand new calibre of graduates that are going to go into some really interesting and very exciting careers. Now, how important do you think are dietary patterns compared with individual foods and nutrients? Um, absolutely, absolutely important. And it's funny, we've just actually in our first unit been teaching this to our first year students only in the last couple of weeks. And I always start off in nutrition, any nutrition degree, you'll start off learning about the food groups and the nutrients and recommended dietary intakes and these things. But you know, very rarely do people eat single nutrients and only very occasionally, maybe once a day, you'd eat a single food, you know, like I might go and grab an apple. So that would be eating one single food. Most of the time we eat meals and we eat dishes and we eat them as parts of very, very, very dietary patterns. So studying people's behaviours and this field of culinary nutrition is really being experts in how people shop, how people prep, how people cook, and also the eating environments. And having a very good grasp of all of those areas is what will make us more successful in our dietary education and in our interventions. There's brand new fields. There's a field called gastrophysics, and gastrophysics is really getting down into the psychology and your behaviours within an eating environment. If there's music playing in the background of the restaurant, do you eat faster or slower depending on the speed of the music? You know, there's some really interesting fields of research in this space as well. So is that true, um, depending on the music, that can influence the way people eat? Absolutely. We eat with our senses, so often it's the sight or the smell or the aroma of food that gets us going, but there's just those automatic behaviours depending on our eating environment as well. You enter the movies and suddenly you need popcorn. <laughs> so there's a lot that we need to learn. In food service, for example, there's quite a bit of research on buffet eating styles. So, you know, you eat more at the beginning of the buffet. So and maybe some of the work we've done, say boarding schools, a lot of work I've done in boarding school catering, you always put the vegetables and the healthier options at the first part of the buffet because people will fill their plate with that first you know so it's about yeah. what we call the food service architecture and nudging people towards making those healthier choices easier choices mm, interesting we talk a lot about the mediterranean diet on this podcast series emma and what do you think when it comes to the mediterranean diet is there a key there with nutrition oh absolutely i mean when we're talking in your last question about dietary patterns so it would be very, very hard-pressed to find something as a dietary pattern that is as well-researched as the Mediterranean diet. We really have absolutely unpacked a lot of the key principles of that diet and use that, you know, in practice today. But again, you know, we're only still scraping the surface and it's this very complex patterns and things that we see in dietary patterns. So the 
things like the food matrix. You know, when you eat a meal, you're eating lots and lots of different foods and nutrients together. We don't know enough about food synergy. How does beautiful extra virgin olive oil drizzled on beautiful summer tomatoes with basil? We know that that's the classic combo, but there's so much science behind why that works well. Improve the lycopene absorption and all the things that are going on in just that one dish. So studying dietary patterns is so important and even the new research we have linking the mind and mood links with med diet. So fascinating to think about something that has always been true from that dietary pattern, but we're only uncovering the secrets now. Mm. And extra virgin olive oil is very much associated with the Mediterranean diet. Is that something that you educate your students on about the benefits of those? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. In this first unit, in our first years, we we do a lot of farm to fork processes. So we look very much at food science and primary and secondary production. So I've actually taken them through extra virgin olive oil as that really just being this beautiful golden cold pressed juice, you know, like when you really look at how beautifully unprocessed really it is. But then we'll teach them really in-depth nutrition science. So things like the oleocanthals that are responsible not only for that wonderful, you know, little burning sensation you get in the back of your throat, but also why the science and the study behind their health properties, so some of their anti-inflammatory properties. So we really expect them to delve quite deeply into the nutrition science as well. And how do you incorporate extra virgin olive oil into your own diet, Emma? Well, it's probably no surprise that I'm an avid cook, so I pretty much cook from scratch, you know, every day. I mean, I obviously love eating out as well. So it's always pretty much daily for me. But what I really love is opportunity to learn, as we've said, about traditional diets and the way that almost like a commodity product like extra virgin olive oil is used. My colleague at ACU, Sharon Croxford, who's fabulous, she had a cooking school in Istanbul. And so she's introduced me to this most divine way of slow cooking carrots with brown onion. And so you're basically poaching the carrots in extra virgin olive oil. And the sweetness of these carrots is absolutely beyond. So for me, it's about using it in my everyday cooking, really learning in depth about the farm to fork story, the food science behind the product and then all the culinary applications as well and busting myths as we go because we still hear that people say, you can't cook with olive oil. And I'm like, yes, you can with extra virgin olive oil. So busting some of those cooking myths and making people still cook well along the way. Are you finding that uh, you're cooking more perhaps while, you know, we were in lockdown through COVID? Ah, gosh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I've been quite interested in tracking the trends in this space. We certainly have seen the waves of the banana bread bonanza and then the sourdough (laughs) starter cultures that have been shared by everyone. And I love it. I think we always, in any crisis, we have to do our best as human beings to look to the positives. That's kind of what is human nature keeps us going. And for me, the revival in cooking and seeing people nesting at home and actually enjoying family meals and family cooking is absolutely fantastic. And it's going to be fascinating, our lockdown lessons, you know, to see what happens after this time. We have a lot of lessons to learn, but hopefully some legacies as well. And we keep cooking skills alive. Absolutely. Well, if we can turn to dietetics, Emma, how do you hope to see dietetics evolve in Australia in, say, the next five or 10 years? So as a professional group, the number of dietitians in Australia is still pretty small. And so we're still a very much an evolving profession. 
And we traditionally worked in the sort of hospital and clinical space and in the field of medical nutrition therapy. But more and more over the decades, dietitians have branched out into community health and into public health and into food industry and all different walks of life. Everyone eats, so there's always a role for nutrition. So this field of culinary nutrition, I see huge opportunities for our new graduate dietitians. Things like, as I said, the meal delivery. We've had very disruptive technology in the way we order and, and get meals delivered. There's a role for dietitians and nutritionists there. Things like companies that have the delivered boxes of ingredients where you cook the recipe at home, huge opportunities there. Workplace catering, as I said, and a lot of fine dining restaurants and residential sort of catering are wising up to the need to have a nutritionist, whether it's to help tackle the sort of tsunami of special diet requests they get with allergens and intolerances, or just chefs and restaurants being more conscious of having healthier offerings as well, and, and whether that's a Mediterranean diet principle or whatever they follow. So huge growth opportunity for the profession moving forward. On a final note, any advice for nutrition or dietetic students? Oh gosh, that's a big one too. Yeah, look, I definitely, I think you can tell from my slashy sort of approach to my career is that <laughs> really do embrace change. You've really picked an incredibly fast moving and exciting profession. Nutrition science keeps us on our toes because it's constantly evolving as our evidence grows. But that will give you so many opportunities in different jobs and different careers. Just like me, I've had great opportunities. But really, I suppose I would always hope that you would appreciate that food and eating is so much more than just nutrients. So we need to celebrate dietary patterns and always celebrate the love of eating and the love of cooking. Emma Sterling. That ends this episode of Olive Wellness Podcast. To learn more about nutrition, health and wellness benefits of olives and olive products, please visit the Olive Wellness Institute website at olivewellnessinstitute.org. Until next episode, I'm Sarah Gray. Thanks for listening. 